Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes and soothing decibels. I am your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 79. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Kurt Russell's facial symmetry. It's, it's very symmetrical. Aaron Sorkin's rapid-fire dialogue style. It's very rapid-fire. And South Park's two-decade run of lowbrow, high-concept social defiance. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. This is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks, so welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. Before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld-level daily observation. I'm having a weird day because I'm a man who likes streaks. You know, I flossed, I think, 200 days in a row because a comedian on an HBO special told me that every day he flosses, it's like a little victory for him. I think his name was Gary Gullman. I was like, you know what? I want a victory every day. So I flossed 200 days in a row and have my chest puffed out every day. I feel good about it. But I've been too obsessive about my like Apple exercise rings and completing them every day during the pandemic. I think I've done it every day, so 180 days in a row or so. So I'm taking the watch off today, and my, my wrist is naked, naked as a jaybird. And it feels, feels strange that I'm not trying to obtain some exercise goal. But I don't want to become like a slave to machinery or technology. So I took it off. And also, I have this app on my phone called Time Hop, where it shows you your social media from like a year ago, pictures from a year ago, stuff from two years ago, three years ago, et cetera, et cetera, like this day in the life. But I've done that 1,015 days in a row, which is a little embarrassing that in 1,015 days, I've always had 30 seconds to a minute to just drool over like, oh, that's what happened you know, a year ago today. It's like, you know what? machine and time hop and obsession and OCD. Screw you. I'm, I'm breaking free today and I'm starting, I'll start new streaks that are on my terms, not like obsessively your terms. Like, like they're really like, <laughs> like they're actually trying to get me addicted, but that's how it feels. But it feels nice to not have them. There we go. So different kind of day. And also uh, I rewatched the series finale of Sex and the City last night. And I will not lie, my eye ducks secreted water, aka crying. Uh, I definitely cried a few times during the viewing and I couldn't help it. Like I just wanted Carrie to be happy. And like, I wanted her to find that elusive great love she pined for, for over six seasons. Like I needed it. And God bless the writers because they delivered the goods. There was just warm, fuzzy moments. Is that, is that a term for most people? Warm, fuzzy. That was a term that my kindergarten teacher, Miss Ward used to say, like give people warm fuzzies, not cold pricklies. So it's, I think it's universal, but warm, funny, warm, fuzzy moments for all central characters. There was no bittersweet endings. There was no glass half full bullshit. Like their cups overflowed with positive vibes and satisfying conclusions. Like I loved it. I'm a sucker for uh, let's give everyone a fairy tale ending type of writing. And I've always wondered if there could be a show where there was a lack of obstacles or hardships, just people winning week after week using charm, charm, intelligence, and their wits to just enjoy life. Would that be a fun show to watch? Like, I always wonder, like, halfway through Goodfellas or halfway through Casino, it's like, could they just keep, you know, winning and just making more money and just, you know, being profitable, enjoying life? Because you kind of want that. Like, when you see the downfall and stuff like that, you're like, man, that sucks. I don't like watching the downfall. I like seeing the uprise. But I'm guessing it probably doesn't work because it's never really been done. Like, there's always a villain. There's always a setback. There's always a death, a robbery conflict a battle or a war that's kind of an easy tangible way to hook an audience in i guess it's like the matrix when the architect explained why they needed to create the matrix like the real world because they created i guess initially like a fantasy world where everyone was happy all the time and it was just you know euphoric but human brains couldn't take it like they just wanted they were trying to wake up because they didn't believe it 
because they believed life had to have strife. So maybe that's where we're at. But uh, but what about a show where like someone keeps impro- improving themselves? Like that'd be nice, and like just getting their situation better and better. I just think that'd be a fun show. Like just a grateful present person attempting to make each new day build on the last one. I don't know. That just seems nice to me. But maybe I can create that one day because. I mean, even though it sounds crazy and I guess there's nothing out there, remember there was a time when people scoffed at Seinfeld's pitch about being a show about nothing? And now it's one of the success- most successful models in television history. So maybe I'm just ahead of my time. Maybe, you know, in the year 2,500, that's all shows are. So I think I'm getting a little meta and spiritual, uh, like more so than usual, because usually I'm kind of like light and fluffy, pop culture podcast. And there's a reason why I feel a little bit more profound today. I've been obsessively watching Netflix, The Midnight Gospel, which is basically two shows happening at once. Visually, it's a cartoon kind of acid trip, while the dialogue is stolen parts of a real-life spiritual podcast hosted by Duncan Trussell. It's called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, if anyone wants to check it out. And the show has really got my brain noodling, like just thinking. So let's unpack this Fabergé egg of a mind warp, like, shall we? Let's do it. Because I've wanted to do this topic since my pod started, but The Midnight Gospel is one of those rare, impossible-to-describe programs. It defies logic and linear storytelling and is an entirely new way to consume entertainment. So please, please, please stick with me as I carelessly flail around in the dark with my mouth words right now. Because I'm going to attempt to corral this steed of a show and try to define this eight-episode Netflix series, which pretty much is a slippery snake of defiance. So... It's created by Pendleton Ward, who is one of my favorite people on the, on the planet, because he created Adventure Time, which is the profoundly adult kids show that aired for 238 episodes on Cartoon Network. I've done a podcast on that before. Uh, if, you, if you haven't seen Adventure Time, go see that. It's 11-minute blocks. It's fantastic. I think it's on HBO Max as well as Xfinity, and you can find it online. I'm sure. I think you can just search YouTube for Adventure Time episodes, and it'll just pop up. And on the other side of this two-part, this two-prong trident, if you will, is Duncan Trussell, who does a self-titled spiritual podcast, like I said, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Not sure why it's called Family Hour. I think you just think it's funny. But it's just unfiltered joy in an oftentimes gloomy world. Like the pod goes into spirituality and social commentary and brings in a wide variety of guests from professors of physics to religious gurus to breathing technique masters to people that created Burning Man to modern day midwives. It's just a wide range of people. And Duncan is this insanely energetic interview- interviewer. He's, he's 46 years old, but he has this cackling childlike voice. And he has just a really open mind for whatever perspective his guests are serving up. Like he just gets excited. He's probably like one of the best interviewers I've ever heard because he lets you talk and he just kind of, he'll mold to your stuff, but he also has his own views and he's just excited to be there and he's just fired up. And he's just, I mean, he'll, He'll cackle, he'll mess up, he'll stumble, he'll flail. He's just having a fun time. So the show, Midnight Gospel, takes eight... I just love saying the words Midnight Gospel, by the way. What a great title for a show. Oh, and the like title, when it like pops up, the midnight, the two eyes have little eyes just moving back and forth, and the gospel's all black with like stars in it, and it's just trippy. Love it. Uh, but the show takes eight of his podcasts, and he shrinks them down from these one- to two-hour podcasts to 25- to 30-minute snippets that are now being done as a space cast, like I mean, throughout space, by this rogue humanoid named Clancy Gilroy, who lives on this ribbon-like spooling of a planet. It's like if the, it's like if the world was like 
kind of spooled out like an apple with a knife. You know what I mean? Kind of that spiral effect. Are you with me so far? Because this is, this is weird stuff. But I mean, I'll, I'll try to go slowly. So Clancy is using a bioorganic simulator to virtually venture. See, my, my dogs are excited. Yeah. Ladies, come on. I'm podcasting. Oh, well. I mean, I'm sure Clancy has these same issues too when he's space cast. But Clancy's using a bioorganic simulator to virtually venture to other worlds and interview strange and beautiful creatures. And it's, they're ranging from everything. Like there's a giant elephant-sized deer dog on a world controlled by spider clown babies. And that one actually has my favorite line ever. Clancy gets impaled by the horns of this deer dog. And he's like, hey, you want to be part of my space cast? The deer dog. And the deer dog goes, yeah. And he goes, you can talk? And then it just goes, midnight gospel. I just love that. You know, I love like the Chevy Chase kind of sarcastic, kind of twist twist the knife little random stuff like that. But uh, there's other episodes where he's talking with the Grim Grim Reaper about modern industrialization of mortuaries while simultaneously searching for a water slide hose in another dimension that happens to be inside Clancy's own backpack. And they're chasing a pig in a sailor suit. I mean, it's, it's strange stuff. There's an encounter with the president during a zombie attack on the White House. And I mean, I think that one ends up in a zombie musical, <laughs> believe it or not. It's very catchy, too. And there's one where there's a robotic fish captain who runs a crew of hyper-intelligent cats as they talk about Western magic versus Eastern philosophy. And there's one where there's a heartbreaking final interview with his mom about the cycle of life. She battles cancer. And in the animation, she has the help of cuddly science bears in like these cute little white lab coats. It's very cute. And I'll splice in some other episode genres and descriptions throughout the pod, but it's such an array of topics and just so much ever-changing visual visuals that you really have a moment of calm. It's essentially a roller coaster ride for your soul. Like your soul just gets buckled in and it's like, you're going to go up, you're going to go down. You're not sure where you're going. You might be upside down at some points. You might throw up, you're going to laugh. And, you know, we, we're going to take you for a ride. So the animation is loosely related to the podcast interviews but not enough to understand the show as a single piece of entertainment. And that's the beauty of the show. Like it takes multiple rewatches to rewire your brain to multitask. Like most shows are very passive. You know what I mean? You put the office on in the background, you zone out, you hear the comforting, you know, Dunder Mifflin, this is Pam. And you hear the ringing of the phone, the fax machine, Kevin saying something stupid, Michael, you know, trying to be, <laughs> trying to be Steve Martin and Dwight trying to make a sale. It's just, oh, it's comfort food. This one, this one requires some work. Like this show is trying to get you to unlearn your need to watch and hear something as a single piece of art. Like the podcast deals with some seriously heavy issues every time, like the deaths of loved ones or misconceptions about the morality of drug use while citing the danger of commonly just uh, distributed benzos, like stuff like that, or how to emotionally escape yourself while being incarcerated in jail. Or they talk about forgiveness and hopefulness as kind of the Swiss army tool for removing your self-centric worldview. Like no two guests overlap. Each world Clancy delves into is like a thousand percent unique. And it's pretty cool. Like when he delves his head into the simulator, he gets shot into kind of a universal space into a new planet. So, I mean, like for example, in episode four, it's a Dungeons and Dragons kind of level fantasy play world with a 14 foot tall warrior woman who's discussing active listening and, you know, the healing power of forgiveness while battling an ass demon prince. Like there's a demon in his ass that like talks out of his butt. And it's voiced by Polly Shore. <laughs> so that, that sounds, if you have any love for Polly Shore, it just sends like member berry, you know, feel goodness through your vibe, I mean, through your body. Or in episode six, we follow Clancy in the real world, like his real world, as real as that could be. You know, it's a, it's a spiral of a planet. And 
his simulators malfunction and we realize he's been like irresponsible not maintaining his computer because everyone on this planet knows you have to rub green oil on the simulator daily for it to function and the green oil comes from these cows that have lamps for heads but <laughs> it's crazy i know right but we learned that clancy is going through some family issues he's borrowed some money from his sister to start this podcast and he's ignoring her calls and he's kind of just running away from his problems. And he's kind of stubbornly ignoring all responsibilities in his life outside of the Space Cats itself, which he's really good at. But I think it's because he has this kind of laissez-faire, let's live in the moment, be in the now kind of vibe. Oh, and I love that Clancy's Midnight Gospel Space Cast. It has one listener. <laughs> and he's rather proud of it. I can relate like so hard to this because I have one listener in Australia, apparently, who listens to all these podcasts and I have zero idea who he or she is or how they found the podcast, but it's endlessly satisfying to know that someone out there digs the vibes you're sending out into the universe. So Clancy, I feel you. And Australian human person, I virtually bear hug you from afar for hanging out with me auditorily. You know, maybe one day we'll meet in real life and that'll be like a feel good YouTube video. You know, like when uh, those Marines come home and surprise their kids. Those ones, tear they make me tear up. They make everyone tear up. If you don't tear up during that, you're a cyborg. But back to the gospel. Okay, the animation style is this cute, simplistic, bombastically colored style you should be accustomed to if you like Adventure Time. But it's just a lot more adult, a lot more violence, a lot more death, sexualized cartoon imagery. Like in one episode, Clancy expects to go to an orgy planet and his avatar is equipped, equipped with 23 dicks. So yeah, I mean, it's out there, man. But it's very adult in how the dialogue deals with death, the ego of the self, our spiritual starvation, and our daily toxic coping mechanisms. So it allows kind of the over-the-top animation to be explained into a place of normalcy. Like it doesn't feel, it's not shock value visuals, I promise you. It's somehow mellow and calming, even when there's random deaths and water bursts mid-apocalypse or giant King Kong-level battles between a giant fish man and a sleeping guru about who slept with whose wife. And, you know, somebody on the show can sneeze you into alignment. Like, the more you watch, the more insight the show dishes out. Like, episode five shows us Clancy interviewing a soul bird attached to an imprisoned criminal. Like, yeah, yeah like his soul is just like an animal that's attached to him. And the prisoner is just dying constantly and repeats his life scenario over and over as a self-reincarnation until he finally becomes president enough to move on from his meat prison of a body. So it's like Groundhog's Day, but for enlightenment. And each time when he dies, his heart is removed and weighed before these giant planet-like beings with hundreds of eyes. And you see visuals of cruelty and kindness humanity can achieve, like kind of like in flashes. And it's so weird because it's in a different animation style than the rest of the show. And I just love that they're willing to take chances like that. Like sometimes they even break the fourth wall. They call Clancy Duncan and they flash to the actual recording studio and show them as real people. And like... We're just hoping to see if or when the prisoner can break free of the learned patterns of anger, hatred, and depression. It's heavy stuff. And Clancy's interviewing lightly touches on the prisoner every few minutes in between discussions of music therapy and World of Warcraft with this tiny, profound soul bird. And like I said, the show is a show you need to watch a lot to extract value from. But my friends, it is worth the ride. I think I'm on my like fifth or sixth viewing at this point. I kind of just put it on in 10-minute little increments because more than that is kind of heavy. Don't don't watch more than one episode at a time. I'll warn you later, but do not because it's such a workout, you're going to lose the effect if you watch more than one. They just kind of mesh together. It's not not what you do. It's like eating chocolate cake for you know breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You don't want to do that. I mean, in theory, you do, but in reality, you don't. You're going to feel sick. And it's nice 
to see the story being told from the perspective of Clancy because he's just this cute, wide-eyed, pink humanoid who has a giant witch's hat and no shirt or shoes and likes to dance around to kind of like bluegrass synth music and drink coffee and ignore his responsibilities and sleep in a hammock. Like there's a comfort to see he isn't a perfect human being, that he's fumbling around with these simulated universes. And actually I read the, there's a instruction manual for his simulator. He's doing it wrong. He's sticking his head right in it. Apparently you're, you're supposed to use like this or like thing to kind of keep your head separated. So it's more affecting, but you know, he's just kind of diving in and just dealing with the consequences. It's like me with this podcast. That's how I feel because I'm not editing anything or I'm not like, you know, I look at all these podcasts, like forums and all, and everyone's like, Oh, I got a new editing board or I got a new mix or I got a new, you know, new microphone guard or whatever. I'm like, I don't care because I'm not trying to be a podcast engineer. Or I'm not trying to nerd out on all that stuff. I just want to talk into a microphone and have people listen and enjoy. Like, I don't care if I say, uh, or like, or my dogs bark, like it doesn't fucking matter. Just, Buckle up, get better at what you do. And I'm just, I'm smiling through enjoying uh, this podcast, just like Clancy. Clancy with his one viewer, although he has two by the end of it. So he's, he's, he's gaining. And I got a couple now, you know, I got, I got a couple of you in there. There's a the guy from Australia or the girl from Australia, whoever that is. But anyways, Clancy is just stumbling and crawling and screaming and crying and attempting to make sense of it all in these simulated universe on a physical and spiritual level at the same time. And you just feel for him. And you just, you can relate, you know what I mean? He's not a perfect being. And even though the topics and conversations are expertly discussed by Clancy with his kind of unassuming Duncan Trussell voice, he makes the information seem obtainable. And it's not like very intimidating as it should be because it is heavy stuff. It's like, you know, trying to rewire your brain and understand the self outside of social constructs and trying to get into emotional connectivity rather than focusing on the ego and the self, the id, I think it is in Freudian terms. And also, if you get overwhelmed by these concepts, fear not, because it does happen. You can just, you can just kind of shut your brain down for a minute and enjoy cute, comforting, spastic animation and pick up the story when you feel your mind's been recharged. Because there's some heavy stuff. Like one episode, they kept talking about spiritual practices of ancient Mesopotamia, like 2000 years before Christ. And I'm like, I don't understand any of this. And I think I'm reasonably smart, but I don't, it's hard to follow, especially when, you know, the visuals are just, you know, popping up everywhere. So this show is totally worth a watch or three or four or five. Like do not judge it solely on the first viewing. I promise you, this is a multiple, multiple viewing mental excursion and it's worth your time and energy. Like I said before, fair warning, do not watch more than one episode at a time. Each segment is just this daunting mental task that requires a lot of brain power. So, like, turn off the, you know, greatest British baking show or Parks and Rec or Archer or whatever, whatever you're watching that, you know, is the comfort food and give yourself a mental workout. Get a sweat going. You know what I mean? You can't just have your brain lay on the couch all the day. It's going to rot or it's going to have bed sores. You don't want bed sores on your brain. You want your brain moving and pumping, doing push-ups and flexing. And this is a beautiful experience. I, pr- I pinky promise you that you're going to watch it. You're going to want to talk to me about it. So, oh, and also... Clancy has a pet dog and he, they have, I think his name's Claire. I forget. Now I forget the name of the dog. Damn. That's, that's embarrassing. But uh, the dog has a black hole like universe hiding in, in her belly. It's Carol. I think it's Caroline. I don't know. Actually, no, but anyways, black hole in the belly. So that rules the whole show rules. So watch it. 
become enlightened, become spiritual. You know what I mean? And we can pray and meditate together. Later.